Hello and welcome to the Politically Speaking podcast. I'm your guest host for today, Jason Rosenbaum. Chris McDaniel is on assignment. Joining me in studio is Joe Manis and our very special guest, Mark Harder. A uh, member of the St. Louis County Council, the newest member Republican. of the St. Louis County Council, Republican. Um, From the Ellisville area? Uh, Baldwin. Baldwin. Baldwin area. Let's, let's okay. not insult, District 7. Let's not insult him by, by conflating Baldwin with Ellisville. No, wait a minute. It's not insulting. There's I know. a lot of the county that's very nice. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm Ellisville's kidding. Ellisville's very nice. Yes. Um, just before we get into who you are, just kind of explain what your district is. Well, the 7th District is basically west of Hannah Road all the way to the county line and from the Merrimack River on the south to the uh, Missouri River on the north. Now, isn't the 7th District like the largest geographically of the 7 districts? Because it it includes includes Wildwood, which is a huge municipality, includes Baldwin, Ellisville, most of Chesterfield or all of Chesterfield? About 90% of Chesterfield, Baldwin, Ellisville, uh, Winchester, the uh, Wildwood area, Eureka, mm-hmm. and a little bit of Valley Park. Now, isn't the district actually larger than the uh, city of St. Louis? I mean, I mean, territorial rise. It's huge. Uh, no, I don't think it's that big, but it is large. It's, it's, it is probably the largest of the uh, seven districts, uh, but the population is the same. Yes. As the other district. Correct, as well. correct. It used to be even bigger geographically wise before there was the population. Right. But, but oh, yeah. basically, if you live in what we colloquially call West County, uh, Councilman Harder likely represents you correct. on the county council. Um, so tell me a little bit about yourself, kind of your background, and how you got into politics in the first place. Because before you won this this office last year you were on the Baldwin City Council but start let's start at the beginning like where are you from what where what kind of uh path did you take to politics basically sure well I was born and raised in Normandy Missouri and went to uh, CBC for high school because that's a St. Louis thing to do you gotta find out where you went to high school yeah, Joe didn't even have to ask I where know, he I went to high to school I know Amazing. I, I asked the questions and answer them at the same time. <laughs> uh, went to CBC, graduated in 79, and then uh, graduated from uh, University of Missouri St. Louis in Normandy in 83 with political science degree and business degree from that university. So I know that area quite well, and I had my first job in that area working in a grocery store. And, uh, and then after college, went to work for a number of different businesses here in St. Louis. Uh, worked for Wetterow Incorporated here, worked for Merritt's. I've uh, um, then I went out on my own as a real estate agent and became a real estate broker in Chesterfield with uh, Berkshire Hathaway Alliance. Now, one of the one of the little vignettes that uh, the councilman told us before we went on the air is that while you were at UMSL, you uh, were a new there's actually a conflict of interest here that you were actually a newscaster at uh, KWMU for this very station. Is that true? I, I think so for about uh, three and a half hours. That oh, was, my. That was the extent of my career. <laughs> and uh, at uh, two o'clock in the morning, and I was I think I was fired by five. Oh, man. <laughs> we're, we're all about disclosing our horrible secrets here on the That's politically right. speaking podcast. So, um, I guess uh, you you settled in the Baldwin area or Baldwin. How how old is how how old is Baldwin as a municipality? Isn't it a relatively new municipality? Well, the old actually, it's one of the oldest. Oh, correct. Um, oh. when, you, when you go back, way back, um, when you looked at Manchester Road was a plank road mm-hmm. and a dirt road and a farming town, 
Um, it goes back to uh, the late 1800s. Okay. Uh, Schrader Funeral Home is the oldest business in, in Baldwin, and they were a, a funeral home back in the 1800s. Now, the reason um, I thought it was new is Chesterfield and Wildwood are relatively yes, new they municipalities. Are. So yeah. I just made a, a very gross assumption to think Baldwin was in that same, <laughs> same category, but continue. You're not from St. Louis, are you? I'm from the Chicagoland area, but my dad grew up in Chesterfield okay. in the 1960s when it was farmland. So <laughs> I, I know a lot about West County, actually, but apparently not enough. So, sure. Well, and, and Baldwin was, and Manchester both are very old communities. Uh, they go farming communities, go back to, as we said, back to the 1800s. Uh, Wildwood was uh, incorporated, used to be unincorporated, St. Louis County, and became incorporated around 1999, maybe? 95-ish or so? I, I 1990s, I, I confused them with uh, Chesterfield, which was back around that same time yes. as Correct. well. And both of those were unincorporated St. Louis County. And, and at that time, that was becoming a boom area. And I think the people at that time, I was not around, but from what I've heard, is that the people of that time wanted more control over zoning, uh, development, um, and other issues. And, and to go to the St. Louis County Council on every little issue from snow plowing to zoning to um, building permits, everything else, the people felt that this would be a good opportunity to try to incorporate. And, and interestingly, a lot of people in South County are kind of dealing with that situation <laughs> right now, and that's kind of spurred some kind of loose talk of incorporation there, though whether that actually occurs remains to be seen. Yeah, because I covered the County Planning Commission in the late 70s, and there was all these you know proposals, most of it for West County, and I remember the controversy was when the proposals would be for three-acre lots instead of five or ten-acre lots, and people were getting all exercised. Of course, then it, within 10 years, all of a sudden their proposals were for one-acre lots, or less, but this was when the West County, yeah. the boom area before the incorporation started, before yes. when Chesterfield and Wildwood were just little names. But right. we could we could probably delve into incorporation politics <laughs> for a long time. But when did you get elected to the Baldwin City Council, and what prompted you to run for that? I got elected in uh, April of uh, uh, 2011 and ran as alderman. And uh, I saw an opportunity. We were having some issues with some development and mostly in my ward over a grocery store at Kerr's Mill and Clarkson Road. And the people in that area um, felt they were underrepresented in that discussion. And it was a rezoning issue from a residential to commercial that back to residential and to put a big business like a grocery store on this property they felt was a, um, an eyesore. They felt it was, you know, it's going to have noise problems and all the things that go along with commercial development uh, next to a residential area. And the board at that time was pretty divided. Um, we went through a number of different aldermen that quit. It was just kind of a mess over yeah. this whole issue. And, well, did the uh, grocery store get the zoning or not? Yes, it's now a very large store. Um, well, it's one of the smaller of one of the chain stores here in town. And um, Schnucks or Deerberg's? It's Schnucks. <laughs> <laughs> I live really close to a Schnucks and Webster, and I gotta say, I you know I'm at that store all the time. And this was a hybrid uh, prototype uh, store that they wanted to put up. It was actually smaller than a normal Schnucks. Uh, they wanted to be more specialty, more boutique type of a uh, grocery store, and and that appealed to some people. But the people that uh, you know have to see it every day and deal with it and traffic, and of course everything is 
taken to the nth degree when it comes to new development, what it's going to be uh, in the future. So I got elected. Now, when I got elected, it was already coming out of the ground. Right. And so I told the people there, they, they wanted me, hey, can you stop this? And I said, no, we can't stop it. But what we can do and what I can do for them is that we can make your life easier when it comes to the way this is built. Mm -hmm. So myself and Shamed Dogan, who is now state rep, we were both aldermen at that time, and we decided we'd help them out with fencing, right. la landscaping, making sure the lighting was not intrusive on their property, uh, that the hours of operation were limited, uh, that they were accepting deliveries in off times and not you know, uh, at 2 o'clock in the morning, that kind of thing. Uh, anything we could do to make it easier, and, and that seemed to work with those folks. So uh, let's fast forward a couple of years. Greg Quinn, who was the councilman for the 7th District for, I don't know, 20-plus yes. years, announces he's not running again. You're one of three candidates that decide to get into the contest. One, I think, was the former mayor of Baldwin, uh, Walt Young. Walt Young, yes. Yeah, and the other one was the current mayor. Of Ellisville, Ellisville Adam right. Paul, who gained kind of some notoriety after being impeached and then coming back into office. So that campaign is a situation where you win the Republican primary, you win the election. It's a very Republican district. Correct. Um, what was that campaign like? You were kind of on a different level from city government, but you were kind of running against these two other city officials. What was kind of your experience running for that seat? Well, that's the first uh, partisan race I've ever ran and won. And uh, so we're looking at other dynamics. You're looking at raising a lot more money than a city council race. Uh, you're looking at much more time involved and a lot more territory to cover, a lot more people to talk to, and as I say, hence uh, – hands to kiss and babies to shake, <laughs> but uh, they uh, a lot more, you know, involved in that type of a race. And so it brought out some sides. Some people took sides when you're in a primary people. Uh, but I think I got most of the endorsements of the sitting Republican, either candidates or incumbents at that time. And um, and I've been very involved. They know me. Um, people in the area know me very well. And and they know where I stand on issues, and I'm conservative, and, and it seemed to work. I kind of got a sense in that particular race, the city-county merger issue kind of came to the forefront, like who could be against it more, essentially. Because I know that right. Adam Paul was kind of – that was kind of his campaign flank of being against it. I got a sense that you're not really – you weren't really that warm on that idea either. Is that a fair assessment? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I would say I was at least – I was probably – I came to the forefront before some of those candidates uh, did concerning uh, the um, city-county merger or the proposal thereof. So I've been out there and been involved, and, and they – it became the issue of the campaign. And like you said, it, I think it was like who can be more against – uh, it in yeah. this case. And it seemed to ring true with a lot of voters in the area. They felt the same way. So is the opposition to a merger per se? Or, I mean, the basic proposal now is to have the city reenter the county as just another municipality. Do you think most county residents are against that as well? I think they see that as the same side of the same coin from that standpoint, whether it's a merger, which isn't going to happen. Right to a re-entry into the county. And a merger, I mean, th these words are interchangeable, but one of the ideas but that was brought different. up. they're different. Yeah, there is a... a re-entry with the city becoming a municipality is a lot different than what I like to call the Tony Messenger plan, which melds all the cities 
into one mega city similar right. but not exactly similar to what happened in Indianapolis because there were municipalities that opted out. And one Two of the or three. And one of the reasons I don't think that'll ever happen is if you take the logic that Chesterfield and Wildwood incorporated 20 years ago because they didn't want to be unincorporated anymore, those are going to be cities that are not going to be for ceasing to exist, essentially. Right. And Baldwin would be in that same scenario. But be that as may, we're talking kind of about reentry at this point. But I think what's interesting is that in, in the 80s, the late 80s, this was actually a Republican idea to have the, I mean, Gene McNary was the county uh, executive at the time. And he had the, you know, the Boundary Commission was set up, and his proposal was to at least reduce the number, get it down to maybe 37, 38, I think, was the final and number. And that didn't really succeed. No, it didn't didn't succeed in some things that may have hurt McNary down the road. And of course, he'd been county executive at that point for about 15, 16, I mean, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you think, I mean, as, as I said, it was sort of a Republican idea at that time. Now it's... Maybe a Democratic idea because of the mayor, or at least of St. Louis, trying to get re- reentry, or is it just something that is just anath- you know just not going to happen for anybody? I mean, is there a particular view that you have on what might or might work? Well, and again, I was against any merger or reentry. Now, I would say that I am in favor of issues that where we could save money, where we could uh, maybe eliminate some duplication of services. Like the Economic Development Commission. Yes, uh, Economic Development. One of the first uh, items that happened a number of years ago was the um, Metro Air Support out at Chesterfield Airport, which is in the 7th District. Right. That, uh, you know, combining the air support of Jefferson County, St. Charles County, St. Louis City, St. Louis County. And so that they could go after better grant money and and get surplus equipment and so on and so forth. And that seems to have been a very good move when it comes to that. And I'm sure there's other instances between the two governments that we could work on in those areas. Um, It's unfortunate that we spent all this money on a huge crime lab in St. Louis County and didn't think about that at that time. Why couldn't we have had maybe a regional crime lab that would have been much bigger uh, it could have been uh, maybe done more economic, economical. Uh, it could have been, uh, you know, a crown jewel of, of the police of the region. But instead, we have two crime labs, and yeah. that's something that's being used every day. And there's a backup of, you know, years in that crime lab right yeah. now. So you ended up winning your primary. I, I guess we wanted to get rid of the spoiler alert there. It was actually a pretty close race, but you won. I got 45% of the vote yes. in a three-way race. Yeah, which is pretty good. Which is which is good in a three-way race. And then, you, you know, you've actually spent a lot of time at the county council before you were inaugurated, kind of getting a sense of what you were getting into procedurally. And during that time, it was probably some of the most tense, chaotic, and controversial county council meetings of the last few years, mainly because the fallout from the Michael Brown shooting was coming basically to the county council's doorstep. Mm -hmm. I'm interested to hear what your impressions were as an observer of that and kind of what you felt you were seeing from, from basically the audience during that time. You weren't in office yet, but you were kind of observing what was happening. Well, as you know, there's no training manual for this job. And so going to these meetings, I felt, was a good way of learning procedures, like you say, and finding out what are the issues that they are dealing with. And without Ferguson, it would have probably been pretty pretty boring. 
at some of these meetings, as you know, uh, the, the things that they deal with on a regular basis. But with that, uh, yes, I, it was very much of a surprise, you know, and I, anybody that attended that, they didn't know what to expect. We've never been down this road before, uh, at least in my lifetime. And um, so this is a new path for both the county council, the media, uh, the people in attendance, and some of those meetings got pretty, pretty uh, crazy. Um, I know when I came home, my wife knew more about it than I could tell her was because there ever, she saw it on the news. Was there ever a point where you were like, what am I getting myself into? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I jokingly asked that to Sam sure. Page several times, but was did that cross your mind at all? Mm, a little bit, but, you know, people, people need to be heard. And uh, this was their way. It was kind of a, uh, a safety valve, I think. Uh, people need to be heard. They, they, they've tried multiple different means. Sometimes they were heard, sometimes they weren't. Um, and I think sometimes there was a number of different messages, a uh, number of different messengers. And uh, some of the message I think that got heard the most were from people that were concerned citizens that had a plan. They weren't there to scream and yell and to chant they had a ball they had a you know five-step plan or a ten-step plan to solve some of these problems and i think that's where we need to be in this discussion i think we're past the screaming and yelling or should be and we need to have people that will step up and have done their research and say these are the five things we need to address or these are the ten things we need to address and we've met with our neighbors and we've met with uh, other people and we want to move this this ball down the field, now, so to speak. Just for our listeners, the county council does not have direct control over the St. Louis Police Department. That's done by the police board. Um, they they have limited authority over municipalities and municipal governance. Very limited. Very limited, if not non-existent. Unless unless it's a municipality that contracts with the county on something for the county police to or something else to provide law enforcement. So keep in mind when I ask this question, I'm doing this knowing that as a councilman or as council people or even as the county executive, you don't have a magic wand to solve a lot of those problems. But what, from from your brief tenure on the county council, you've been on there for two weeks or so, mm-hmm. what do you think the county's role is going to be in kind of moving forward from the Michael Brown shooting? I think the county council and I guess uh, more specific, the county executive can be uh, a catalyst to move things along. Uh, they can be the person or organization that brings people together and tries to address some of these issues. Uh, Like you said, there's not a lot of legal um, control, so to speak, over any of these groups uh, in any of these municipalities. That's where it's got to start first. That's the grassroots. And it's got to start at the Ferguson Council. It's got to start with the Ferguson Police Department and then branch out from there. And when it comes to those issues, or if it's somewhere else in the county. It needs to start there first. The county can be uh, a provider of extra services if necessary. Uh, If you remember from some of those meetings that we went to, uh, the county approved emergency funding Mm -hmm. for, um, uh, you know, I guess you'd call it a disaster relief for people up there that needed things. Uh, There was over a million dollars appropriated for that. Um, You have uh, things like the Children's Service Fund that can step in and help you know, in these kind of uh, situations. This is all uncharted waters. I mean, we've had tornadoes and earthquakes and uh, other types of natural disasters, but we've never had anything like this. Mm -hmm. You know, St. Louis has been a relatively calm city since 
the 60s and uh, um, and even that it was it was limited so you have we've never been here before so this is to come up with oh we got to do this or do that well we don't know yet mm-hmm. uh, things are too new now um, how do you rate how the county council and county government has dealt with the Ferguson issue so far now obviously you've only been office in office a short time but mm-hmm. you were at the meetings um, do you have a sense of whether or not the council could have done more or maybe could have different taken a different approach or do you think i mean things went as they should i think they probably went as, as well as they could in the under the circumstance like i said we've not been down this road before and and i think the people that came to those meetings were looking for the next highest authority in their minds who could do things they were frustrated maybe with what was happening in ferguson or maybe they skipped over ferguson thinking they could come to st louis county and somehow we'll um, uh, do something for them or make things better overnight and uh, and now we see the same folks that were there those first nights are now going to the legislature and trying to have their grievances heard there thinking that something in a, on a bigger scale can be done. Um, I think, I, and I, I'm not, j- just from my observation, I would not say, I don't know if there was a plan, I, I, other than just listening to people. And when you had 13, 15 speakers at a meeting, screaming and yelling and cursing, the board basically just took it. Um, they sat there and and almost uh, uh, stone-faced and, and took the abuse there was literally it. profanity he's not right. he's not exaggerating right right now one of the interesting things about this and i've had some officials say this is that for all the attention national international attention on what happened um, in ferguson and the surrounding areas that that the whole incident the whole issue could have very easily been referred to as like the St. Louis area or just like in St. Louis County. Instead, it's Ferguson. And, I mean, the name. And that by that actually it made it so that the region maybe didn't get as much negative publicity as it could have gotten because some people don't understand or, you know, that Ferguson is in St. Louis County. Conversely, you know, I had been to Ferguson multiple times before the Michael Brown shooting, and I had gotten the impression, while I'm sure it had some issues, it was a reasonably well-functioning municipality. It's a large municipality that had, you know, a burgeoning commercial district. Um, and the interesting thing was there was so much focus on Ferguson City proper during this entire thing. I tried to say, well, a lot of these things are happening in other Correct. municipalities, too, probably to a worse extent. So it, it was kind of an interesting thing that you mentioned right there. So. Yeah, because it is. I mean, I have relatives who live up there. So, yeah, it's it's uh, interesting that kind of how it became this international um you know, slogan, you know, hashtag, its own hashtag. Well, let's kind of transition to um, the county, new county executive, who's uh-huh. Steve Stanger, was inaugurated a couple weeks ago. But from talking with you after you were inaugurated, you are pretty optimistic about his tenure. Tell me, tell me a little bit why. Well, I think change is good. Uh, we've been under uh, a different administration for over 10 years. And uh, if you want to add in 
Buzz Westfall's administration and to Dooley's, we've been under somewhat the same administration for maybe 15 years. Well, more than that. I mean, if you um, use if if you how use far Westfall, back do you want to go? You know? well, Westfall's 89, so you know, 90. yeah. So I mean, or the early 90s, I think. 90, 90s when he got elected. Yeah, continue. So from that standpoint, we have uh, this is a full sea change when it comes to St. Louis County government, and I think that's good. Uh, whether it would have been. A Republican like Rick Stream, who I supported, um, or it's it's now uh, Steve Stanger, change is good in this case. Uh, and there's there, there's a lot of things coming out. There'll be probably a lot of good things that we'll see, uh, good people that he'll appoint. And I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what he's going to do. Were you, were you surprised that he named Quinn as the head of uh, the revenue de- Department of yeah. Revenue? And that Quinn, who's a lawyer, took it and then one of top one of the top aides to Colleen Wassinger is another Republican on the council. He's basically the, I don't want to say he's the chief director of operations, is a pretty substantial yes, job. correct. So basically, you know, it, Stenger kind of turned this idea of appointing his, his political allies on its head a little bit because he picked two people who are from the opposite party who probably supported Rick Stream and gave them pretty important positions within his administration. No one could really accuse he's picking like his, you know, Democratic political allies a, in that situation. A sort of mini version of Team of Rivals. <laughs> but, but yeah, and I think that I think that was a good move. I, I think that uh, in you know trying to shrug off what's happened in the last fifteen years, we need more. Um, I guess a diverse group of political thought, as well as a diverse group of uh, knowledgeable professional people that have. Um, worked in government a long time and have, uh, you know, come up with a, a good resume on on what they do and how they how they can do it. And they've been very uh, faithful to, to the the idea of good government. And a lot of the things that go on in the county government are not Democrat, Republican. Yeah. Apparently, it used to be a lot more partisan, but now, and we've kind of touched on this on the show a couple of times, but now it's become more you know, less partisan and more, you know, whether you support county executive or not, essentially. Well, this is more like, I would say, in the 80s, even when, when McNary was uh, county executive and, late, and, late, and later Milford, H.C. Milford, and then, it, frankly, most of Westfall's tenure, were, whereas they were Republican or Democrat, but frankly, their actions weren't that much right. different. Because because one of the reasons why I think the two Republicans on the council have they shouldn't uh, by on on paper it's on a 5 to 2 majority the Republicans should be in the wilderness, but the reason why I think that they have more sway and influence is because at least in the last county council, Quinn and Wassinger teamed up with Stanger, O'Mara and Dolan on a lot of issues and were able to block Dooley on some things. So conversely, if Stenger wants to do something that's going to arouse the opposition of Hazel Irby or possibly Sam Page, we'll have to talk about where he aligns we'll next week. Yeah. You, you and, and Councilwoman Wassinger may be decisive votes on some, some potentially controversial things. So it puts you in a nice position, potentially. And if for a potential situation, as I say, most things that happen, happen on the council are not Republican, Democrat. And and I think we're even going to see more so a difference between good government and bad government. And uh, I believe um, Executive Stanger is all for good government. I think he's witnessed what things 
can do on the other side, and I think he's tired of it. And he did uh, team up with uh, Councilman Quinn and uh, and Wassinger on some good government issues, and I think they see that as, uh, uh, I guess, a, a, a way of, of him going forward in this new yeah. job. Were you surprised that, that Quinn took, took the job as Director of Revenue? Yes, yes and no. Uh, Greg is a very competent, competent, <laughs> I wish I could say that easier, a competent uh, individual. He's got a very successful law, law firm, firm, both him and his son. And uh, he's been around county government longer than anyone in that building almost. And he, he's seen the ups and downs. He's seen ideas come through and go out. Uh, and that type of institutional knowledge, I think, is needed, especially when so much of uh, the upper management of St. Louis County is being changed. Uh, you need some anchor, I think, in that in the mix. Now, let's kind of deal with one specific issue that I think the council could be hearing about in the next weeks, months or so, and that's the Rams situation. Now, the county currently pays... I think about $6 million every year to pay off the Edward Jones dome yes. bonds. I yes. could be off a zero or two. But now this new proposal that kind of came out last week, it, the proposal is basically to build a completely new stadium. And the idea would be to, quote, extend the bonds, which instead of them expiring after 10 years, I guess they would go on in perpetuity, essentially. Another 10 or 15 years. It's kind of a way to say that there's no new taxes, but clearly there's going to be more tax dollars expended than was previously suggested under that plan. Um, First of all, what's kind of your impressions of that? And two... You know, you were at the council meeting last night where Tom Sullivan suggested that there should be a, another vote on this. What's your impressions, and do you think the county will have to vote on this if this ends you up happening? Can, county voters, the countywide vote. Correct. Well, I'm not privy to all the details on this. I will say that I, from what I read in in the uh, different publications, uh, that I think the the population of the St. Louis area, both city and county, are not very excited about a, a tax increase for this project. Um, I think there's some bad blood uh, concerning the Rams. Because they haven't uh, been that great and, the right. last 10 and, years. And this would be kind of a reward if you don't put a good team on the, on the field and then we're going to build you a new place where you can not put another good team on the field. I mean, those don't go together. And to then add the third level of that is, oh, and we're going to finance it for you. Uh, through tax uh, increases or whatever it may be. So you see a um, bond extension as essentially a tax increase, essentially. Well, I see it from a as a real estate agent. I kind of looked at it this way. It's kind of like um, taking a home equity loan to buy a car. Yeah. Where in this case, we're taking a home equity loan to buy a car dealership uh, <laughs> when it comes to the amount of money involved here. Uh, so, uh, although on, on paper, it's a smaller percentage, I mean, of the total price, I mean, that it would cost than... It could have been. But I mean, he's right. Like, and right. I know I be, I was listening to it, and it's been couched as, well, we're not going to raise taxes. We're just going to keep going what you're going on. And it's, I think, hotel taxes. But still, if you if the contract for you, that you signed hypothetically was for 10 years, and then you're saying, well, we're going to do it for another 30 years, it's it's more money that hypothetically could be going toward other, other things tourism related or something like that or, essentially you know uh, i'm sure the um 
the current dome and the convention center will need renovations. I mean, everything over time needs renovations. Yeah, so that I it think it could be used for that, yeah, which brings in more revenue for, for the city of St. So Louis. So you're basically wary like of this proposal. Uh, I guess if it involves a, t a tax on the people in St. Louis County or St. Louis City, for that that matter, uh, I would be against it. Uh, if they can come up with other sources, which it sounds like they're trying to, uh, from the NFL, from other sources out there, other investors, and uh, about half of PSLs yeah. and things yeah. like that, that's where probably it should come from. Uh, these are investors. If I was building a radio station, you know, I wouldn't want the government to come in and loan me money to build that radio station. I should have, there should be enough in my business plan and there should be a market for my product that I know that if I invest a couple hundred thousand or a million dollars in a radio station that I'm going to get my money back. Do, do you think there's value in St. Louis having an NFL team? Oh, I think it's from a tourism standpoint. I think we need to have a, an NFL team, whether it's the Rams or not, uh, you know, that that's to be seen. Does, I mean, one of the arguments, uh, for it or for some sort of plan is that it it raises the city's cachet, so to speak, and, and, and makes it more of a top-tier city if you've got an NFL team. That's what some are saying. Now, others say, well, look, San Antonio doesn't have a team, and they're a top-tier. Uh, but I'm interested in kind of um, your take on that, on what impact it has on other economic development or other um, efforts in the region to improve the region. Well, I think it, it's it's critical that we have some type of team. And I I think it's unique about this situation is that they're dealing directly in some case, it sounds like from what I've read, with the NFL directly, which tells me that um, they're looking at other teams or making it the package looks so that there's another team that may be dissatisfied with where they are. Well, Slay's and, been very and yeah. come to St. Louis. And I think that's because there's that. been there's some there's been some line of thought that Los Angeles is basically this mechanism for other NFL owners to basically extort their home cities into building a new stadium because they could say, well, if you don't build me a new stadium, I'm going to go to Los Angeles. And maybe one of the reasons why it may not happen is other owners want to keep that mechanism in place to keep that keep that sure. possibility alive. But there is a possibility St. Louis could become that new mechanism. But a lot of people have told me it's just not as attractive as a, I'm going to be very honest here, a blackmail tool as L.A. is essentially. Well, because in California, there's the weather. There is the weather. <laughs> so we'll have to see. We'll have to see. And well, I, think, I think it is definitely necessary that we have some type of team here, whether it's the Rams or not. Um, I think the sports fans in St. Louis um, will, will adjust. Uh, but I think having a team, whether it's Jacksonville Jaguars or it's the Rams or uh, the Cardinals want to come back, I don't know. I don't think uh, that's happening. <laughs> hey, I mean, well, you never you know? know. I mean, heck, I was in Jacksonville several times 20 years ago when all this was coming down, yeah. covering that stuff. Now, as a councilman, what do you see, though, as the top priority of what the county needs to do, either on the economic front or maybe there's some other front? What, what do you see as the top priority? I think in the next six months to eight months, maybe even a year, we've got to get the county on an even um, uh, financial playing field. Um, there's a lot of things that you know have come to light in the last couple months and years that need to be addressed from a financial standpoint. We can't 
we can have all these great intentions on programs and this and that, but if we don't have the money or, or we're squandering it in uh, computer deals and uh, money missing and, and uh, bad contracts, that money could have went to this program or that program or helped uh, Ferguson or helped somewhere else. But in the meantime, we're spending time and effort in court and and audits and uh, tracking down you know where this money disappeared and uh, I brought with me I don't know if you've seen it is the um, uh, they did visual a aids <laughs> did it yeah follow along at home um, they uh, uh, you know the top ten they went back and looked at top ten contracts with uh, St Louis County and the overruns in these contracts this is what the this column here for those following along at okay. home. Um, <laughs> You know, those these contracts added up to a million three, and by the time the contract finally was awarded and everything was done with it, it turned out to be over five million dollars. Yeah, f- yeah, five point uh, nine. So yeah, basically, it's about four, almost uh, yeah, four times. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, well, I'm at least four times, three hundred and forty percent higher. Correct. And where that is, and you break it down by all these different um, programs, and you can see with cost overruns and add-ons. And my uh, predecessor, Greg Quinn, was a big uh, person that pushed back on these add-ons. Uh, you know, we see these programs, they, they get started, and then suddenly they have unbelievable add-ons and change orders that just take uh, a program that should be $2 million or whatever, and suddenly it's, it's $5 million. So, yeah, now one of them, just, just to mention, $1.6 million was for gasoline delivered that had been allocated for 300,000 it was 1.9 million but with the dropping gas prices you may get some Some relief so so we're going to have to leave it there we'll have you next time to to maybe talk more about contracts (laughs) yeah definitely great um so uh uh to follow follow all of our stories stlpublicradio.org you can follow me on twitter at j rosenbaum you can follow joe at j manis that's j-m-a-n-n-i-e-s i'm not sure you have a twitter do you i i don't twitter well, I think, I think you've made... But I do have Facebook. Yeah. So and follow, I do have email. So follow him on Facebook and send him an email. Uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, so long.